Welcome to the eLaborate Topics Podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Welcome to another episode of eLaborate Topics. I am your host and leadership mentor for this podcast, Tywana Wilson. If this is your first time tuning in to the podcast, welcome. So glad you have landed on this podcast and hope that you're able to get some practical tips that you can use inside and outside of the laboratory. Elaborate Topics is a weekly podcast that gives you those strategies that you can use whether you're on the bench or you're in management. Myself, along with my two co-hosts, Lona Small and Stephanie Whitehead, along with our awesome guests, bring you practical tips and strategies that you can use to excel in your laboratory career. If you're not a laboratorian, no worries. We love our friends of the laboratory. So watch or listen to this podcast and do us a favor and share it out with your network so that other laboratorians and friends of the lab will be exposed to these strategies that we're given. In today's session, I am excited to talk about a topic that I think makes a lot of laboratorians uncomfortable, and that's decision making. So whether you're making a decision or not making a decision, you're still making a decision. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. And it doesn't matter how smart you are, how many degrees you have, how many certifications you have, you will still have to make decisions that make you uncomfortable. This topic around decision-making reminds me of a fable of two friends, two best friends, Tommy and Jimmy. And Tommy was always very hesitant on making decisions. And they were missing out on many opportunities because Tommy would overthink it. Tommy would think and then run this scenario through his mind many, many times. And then by the time he would come to a decision, the opportunity had already passed. And so Jimmy thought, well, I need to figure out a way to help my friend be more confident in his decision making. And so there was a big concert that came and it was one of those where it had pre-sale tickets and they and they had limited tickets on sale. So a decision needed to be made rather quickly on are we going to attend a concert? And if we are, where are we going to sit? What kind of tickets are we going to get? Are we going to subscribe to the autograph of the artist package? Are we going to get pictures? Are we going to do some of the other things that they wanted to do behind the scenes to get VIP access? And Tommy was terrified like okay those are so many decisions and I'm not sure where to even begin with this so Jimmy's like well the opportunity is the there's a limited window and we have to make a decision very quickly either we're going to get tickets and do VIP or we're not and so the, a decision needed to be made and so Tommy thought about it and he said okay we're going to get tickets 
and then went forward and be like, okay, we're going to get the photo package and we're going to get autographs. And so he made those decisions and Jimmy was helping to encourage Tommy as he was going through that process because he knew it was very uncomfortable for Tommy to make those quick decisions. And he actually pointed out the progress that Tommy was making and the value of making those decisions. So they didn't miss out on the opportunity to see their favorite group. They were able to get VIP tickets and they were able to get everything that they wanted because they, Tommy went forward and started making some of the decisions. The moral of the story and why I tell you that is that having the confidence to make a decision can benefit you in many ways. In this instance, it was benefiting you so you didn't miss out on the concert. It could be benefiting you so that you don't miss out on Super Bowl tickets or whatever uh, game that you would desire to see, the NBA finals or whatever. And so we can relate that to the laboratory. When you take long to make a decision, it could affect your career. And you're thinking about, okay, am I gonna take this opportunity? Am I gonna move to another laboratory? It, you're in management, it could have a negative impact. I know I have an employee that I need to start on a performance improvement plan. I know I have an employee that I need to do some development, some performance counseling or developmental counseling that I need to work with. Okay, am I gonna wait? Am I gonna see if they improve? And so it's very important whether you are at the bench or you're in a supervisory or management position that you're not afraid to make decisions and, and you get comfortable making some of these difficult decisions. Even on the bench, when we're doing our work, you have to make decisions on stuff that may not be in black and white in regards to the specimen integrity and evaluating results that you're getting. Being able to notice when something isn't quite right. You know it's not right. You know that there's something wrong with the results or wrong with the specimen. You know that's not a test that you typically perform. Being able to make that decision and thinking critically to say something isn't right right here, let me stop and go ahead and make the decision. So it has a major impact on our work as laboratorians, being comfortable making those decisions. So let's jump into the meat of today's episode, where I'm gonna give you four steps that you can use when you are evaluating tough decisions. Again, you could use this inside or outside of the laboratory and it's going to make you a more confident leader, whether it's in your professional life or in your personal life. So let's think about this as we are going through and evaluating some of the tough decisions that we need to make so that we can increase our confidence in our decision making. The first step I want you to do is weigh the alternative. So when a tough decision or a critical decision looms ahead of you, you know there's always an alternative. And it's probably easier to go with that alternative and save yourself the stress. But at what cost? That's where you have to really evaluate it. If you're honest with yourself, you'll realize that the tough decision may be best the decision from a moral standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint. So if you know that you have specimen integrity issues and you are getting pressure from the clinician or the nurse to release those results, but you know that the integrity of that sample is compromised, it's going to be easier for you to make the 
decision, at least from a moral standpoint, because you know that that sample is not going to produce quality results, regardless of who wants the results or who doesn't. And honestly, it's hard to go wrong when you go the moral route, when you have to make decisions. Avoid making decisions that you know may rest on your conscience forever. You knew those results weren't right. You knew that the specimen integrity was questionable, but you went ahead and released it anyway because you had a physician that was questioning the results and said, go ahead and post it to the patient's chart. I also had this happen when I was working in a laboratory and the director of the lab wanted me to do some questionable activity. And what they wanted me to do is they wanted me to, uh, it was a sa- really a safety hazard, and they wanted me to put my hand inside of an instrument. And I know you're like, well, who would do that? So. It, we had frozen samples that needed to be run where the barcode would not be read it wouldn't read on the instrument and so in order to get it to read even when reprinting barcodes it still wasn't helping with the samples uh, sticking to those tubes and so the director of the labs thought was well if you just turn the tube while it is reading because there's open access to the tubes and to in the instrument wash running that it will read it because we have thousands of samples to put through the instrument even though there's a big sign that says don't put your hand in the in the instrument that was still one of the things that the director wanted me to do so i had a decision to make do i do this which is morally not right because for me you're asking me to compromise my safety when the instrument is telling me not to do those things and so I had to come to the, the understanding that if my director was asking me to do something I wasn't comfortable with, then that wasn't a laboratory that I wanted to be associated with. And so I've never looked back. I did leave that laboratory uh, because I felt like that the director uh, did not um, really value who I was and was willing to compromise my safety for Uh, getting samples to read when there was alternatives. So that is a decision that I did not, it doesn't rest on my conscience. I knew that it was the right decision uh, to make. And so I left that organization. And so with that, I've been able to have peace of mind and really been able to live uh, freely, but I had to weigh the alternative in that case. In that particular scenario, it was either turn the samples or not turn the samples and find another way. And at that at that point, uh, there w- really wasn't another way uh, in the eyes of the director. And so for me, the alternative was moving to a different organization. The second step that I want you to consider when making some decisions that are tough is consider the outcome. Usually difficult decisions work out for the better in the end. See, it worked out for my best uh, because I've been able to to go to laboratories that care about me, care about the patient, care about everything that, that happens in the lab. But what you're worried about is those who may not be pleased with the decision. The toss up is between two glaring options that you have to think about. Do you continue in a less than favorable situation or do you decide to make a change for the better? So considering the outcome of that decision. 
And a great way to justify making a hard decision is to look at the outcome. Do you see yourself in a more positive situation after you make this decision? Or can you envision life being less stressful? Always remember what you're trying to achieve in life or in your career as a professional. Make your decisions based on the goal, whether big or small, and avoid living according to the goals of other people or what other people may have you to do, even when it may not be in the best interest of yourself or in the work that you are doing. So step one for making better decisions is weighing the alternative. And then step two is considering the outcome, which are very important, like I said, in your career as laboratorians. The third step is to limit the advice you take. All advice is not good. <laughs> in some scenarios, advice is helpful, but in other cases, depending on the source of that information, it may not be very helpful. So make your decisions based on the goal, the fact, the outcome, because if not, your judgment can be easily clouded. And when you make a tough decision, you need to go with your gut. It's usually correct if you're aligned with your conscience. So when I think about this, I think about when techs work on the bench. And although we have many safeguards in place, we have many reminders, check for a clot in this case, or check your instrument to make sure there's no flags. Sometimes, even still with those safeguards, you have to make a decision about the results on if they make sense or not. So even though your quality control for the day was in, your instrument is in control, you didn't get any flags, you check for a clot, but you notice that the results don't make sense with the patient's diagnosis or with how the patient is presenting. So then in that case, you really have to go with your gut and make the decision. And sometimes you can get advice from another tech and, it, and it's not good information. And so I bring that up because I've, I've seen that scenario too, where you could go to whoever's around and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they give you advice that's not good. And now you have put out results that are of poor quality. So be mindful of who you're getting your advice from. If you are asking chemistry questions and you know the person that you were asking advice from is not very proficient in chemistry or that piece of equipment or in that methodology, that's probably not the best person to ask advice from. If you are a new manager and you are having some questions about how to handle employee conflict or ways to be a better manager and you're asking advice from somebody that has never been a manager, never had any direct reports, that might not be a source of getting good information. So, and you start to hear a lot of different opinions. And then what happens is you get confused. You know, of course, you can be courteous to everyone offering their suggestion, but you may want to respectfully listen to only those people that, that are credible or that you feel can be helpful in that particular situation. And one of the considerations is just because somebody is very credible or knowledgeable in one aspect, don't mean they're credible and knowledgeable in every aspect. So if somebody's very good with hematology, that don't mean they're expert in chemistry as well. 
So just be mindful of that too, because sometimes we like to give perceived uh, leadership to somebody and it's, it's not accurate when that may not be their zone of genius. So thinking about the advice you take, limit it so that you're not getting so much conflicting information and making sure that, again, you go back to your own expertise, your knowledge, your understanding. You don't want to just solely rely on people because then you could be going down a path that's not productive. In the laboratory, I've seen this happen. So there could be something that's in the procedure and the procedure may read one way and have you do things specifically in a certain order. And this could have changed from how you were doing it last year, six months ago, even three months ago. And even though everybody's been given the task of reading a procedure, maybe some people rely on their historical knowledge. So I've seen this with new technologists. They ask somebody, okay, well, what should I do in this case? And they ask somebody, get their, opi- get their opinion, and it's not in alignment with the procedure. One of the things that I've recently encountered with the change that we made is we updated our EFGR to take out the race inclusion. And so we no longer factor in if this person is African-American or not. And for many of us in the laboratory, race has always been a part of that calculation for some for a long period of time. And so if you go on historical knowledge and I as the new tech ask you, okay, what are we using for our EFGR calculation? Even if we have it in our procedure and you may ask somebody with historical knowledge, they may not give you the right information. And so making sure you limit the advice you get without doing your due diligence first. I know sometimes we like, I don't have time to look into procedure, especially if your procedure is online or electronic, you may feel like that's it's easier to ask your colleague. But again, you need to think about that. Are you making the best decisions possible for you to have increased confidence? And the last step that I would challenge you with in order to make better decisions is thinking outside of your comfort zone. Remember that life in general tends to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to make some uncomfortable decisions. Nothing grows in the comfort zone. So while you would prefer otherwise, it's a reality that you will have to face at some point or another, whether it's your personal life, your career, whether it's while you're on the bench or managing your team. And so this is when you need to prime your mind to think of discomfort as the norm that you're going to have to make some of these tough decisions and it will actually make it easier for you. Nobody likes to be uncomfortable, especially for extended periods, but that's what you'll be if you avoid making some of the tough decisions, some of the tough calls, some of the critical decisions that need to be made. And is necessary for your well-being and it's also necessary for the patients that we care for. I would say if you know something is right, aim to block out all the noise and listen to your conscience. If you know that those results are, is something wrong with those results, you're probably right. If you know that your manager or supervisor director is asking you to do something that doesn't seem quite right, you're probably right. So making that decision, even when it's uncomfortable. 
And you could lose some friends behind some of the decisions you make. You could lose opportunities within your organization because of some of the decisions that you make. You could lose favor with some of your colleagues depending on the decisions that you make. But it is part of the process. And in order for you to have a peace of mind and clear conscience about the work that you're doing, it is truly necessary and that's what's best for you. So focusing on the task at hand and accomplishing, it can help you achieve that confidence in your decisions, whether it's in your career or your personal life. So if we go back to that fable that I talked about earlier about Tommy and about Jimmy, I want you to think about the four steps that I just gave you to overcoming difficult decisions to gain your confidence. But I want you to think too that decision making is a crucial part of of your life with, as a laboratorian and also as an adult in general. So don't let some of the indecisiveness stop you from making some of those decisions. Don't let the discomfort stop you from making some of those decisions. So if you think about Tommy and Jimmy, if you think about uh, Jimmy being indecisive on many decisions, should I get the concert ticket? Should I not? Should I do this? Should I not? Being able to get gain confidence, being able to overcome struggling to pick a path or choose a direction in your life or pick an option in the laboratory. So you could be making a decision. Do I go and work for a reference lab or hospital lab? Do I go and be a specialist or generalist? Do I go to this opportunity because I make more money, but over here the benefits are better. You're gonna have to make a decision. It's not gonna be comfortable, but you're gonna have to make a decision. So think about Jimmy and Tommy and ask yourself these questions. How can I make decisions with more confidence, especially if you know that you tend to be indecisive or you tend to want more information? And sometimes by the time you get the information that you need, the opportunity has passed. So what do you personally need to do to make decisions with more confidence so that you can make them more quickly so that you can be be more confident in them? What can you do to ensure you find a beneficial balance between thinking about a decision and making a choice? And that's an important one. So what can you do to ensure you find a beneficial balance between thinking about a decision or making a choice? That could be the difference between posting results that you know has specimen integrity issues to a patient's chart or asking for a recollect. The key to finding a balance between thinking and acting. So that that's a huge thing. And honestly, making decisions is is going to be uncomfortable. The more you practice, the better you get and the more confident you get in your decision making. So think about that as you go through your career, as you go throughout your laboratory, especially in the lab space as it is now where we're asked to do more with less, you're gonna be making more decisions without the help of a supervisor or lead tech, especially if you're on the bench. You're gonna have to make those decisions that you feel comfortable with relatively quickly and earlier in your career, just because some labs are are short, not some, a lot of labs are are short staff. You can be working by yourself more often. And so then you have to be more confident in your decision so that you're doing the right thing for the patient all the time. 
So again, those four steps is weigh the alternative, consider the outcome, limit the advice you take and understand the source from who you get the advice from and think outside of your comfort zone. I hope you were able to get some practical tips from this podcast that you can use in both the laboratory as well as in your personal life. If you can do us a favor, share this podcast out to anybody you feel can benefit from listening to this particular topic that may be struggling with making decisions that could be early in their career and having to make decisions that they are not comfortable with, but giving them the tools to gain that confidence. You can check out another episode each and every week where we release new episodes. If you are just now getting familiar with the Elaborate Topics podcast, you can visit season one where we have over 80 episodes on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Until next time, my friends, I wish you have an amazing day and do us a favor. Let us know in the comments what tidbits you got from this episode. Take care and have an awesome day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics, where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.